Welcome to the Convergence Church Podcast. Our vision at Convergence is to encounter Jesus and transform cities with His power and His love. If you'd like more information about Convergence and how to plug in, you can visit convergencechurch.com. Thanks so much for tuning in and enjoy this message. I really just felt to kind of just exhort us unto that this morning. And I love what Dwight just said. Like, it's not hard. It's not difficult. I think sometimes we can make it so complicated. And I know a couple of weeks ago I shared about my time in the Amazon. And one of the things that just really hit me deeply was just how simple the gospel is and how simple it is to share. Uh, so actually, I want to start out. And if you can turn to Matthew 9. I just want to walk through this for a minute. And also, I just want to give a shout out to the Hamilton family this morning. Um, because we got Kim over here on this camera. We got Josiah right here. And we got Mark back here. And yeah, y'all are, come on. What would we do without the Hamiltons? Uh, thank y'all so much. Just your amazing love and service and joy always. It's just beautiful. So yeah, Matthew 9. Over the last couple of weeks, I've been studying... Jesus sending people out, because it's something that's fascinated me. Because even, as y'all know, I've been on a lot of missions things over the summer, and it's something that, as I've been sent out, and even as I've been on teams that have been sent out into, into the mission field, it's something that's like kind of fascinated me, of like, how did Jesus do this? And a lot of times when I read the Word, I end up with more questions than answers, and so this is kind of one of those, but I, I feel like there were some keys in here this morning for us as we, as we get sent out to our neighborhood, to our community. So actually, it's like at the end of Matthew 9, verse 35, just for a little bit of context, Jesus is pretty much towards the beginning of his ministry, like he just started, he's calling the disciples, actually earlier in this chapter, he calls Matthew, then he goes and has dinner at Matthew's house, and then Jesus heals a whole bunch of people. And this puts us at Matthew 9. It says, And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. That's pretty amazing. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. This is a really interesting passage. And then in chapter 10, he actually sends them out. We'll get to that in a second. But Jesus is healing every disease and every affliction. And then it says, when he saw them, he had compassion on them. And he saw them as, a sheep, as sheep without a shepherd. And it caused him, I, f I feel like the Lord's heart like broke. And he was like, there's, there's so much harvest and there's so few labors. Which is actually really interesting. Because if I'm being honest, I don't live with that perspective. I kind of view it the other way around of like, we need to make a harvest happen, but the Lord is like, there's more fruit than fruit pickers. Does that make sense? Like, what if we actually lived our lives with that in mind? Like, there's actually fruit all around me. Like, there's more fruit. Picture, like, just picture this. 
picture, I'm not a farmer, but is anybody in here like actually like legit done like farming or stuff throughout their life? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Where's my brother? He works on a farm. I should have had him here, you know, a crowd plant. Um, Imagine you like spend months and months preparing like, I don't know, oranges. Let's say peaches. I like peaches. So you like spend months and months tilling, like, tilling the ground, planting seeds, watering it, tending to it, all this stuff. Now the peach harvest is ready. And I don't know, maybe you have like two weeks that you can pick it. And there's so many peaches, but so few labors. And so you know that there will be peaches that go bad because no one is willing or able to pick them. This is what it means that the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. And I'm like, that perspective is so important because I I think a lot of times we don't think there's harvest around us. We think that we're like, just got to like trudge and make something happen. But Jesus is like, no, there's fruit all around you. Like it's actually all around you. Like, and so, but how do we see that? It's through his eyes. It's not through what we see in the natural. It's through his eyes. And I want to tell you there's fruit all around you in our neighborhood today and in your neighborhood at home. Like there's fruit and it's actually super simple. Like people are, uh, people want the Lord, whether they know it or not. Everybody wants Jesus. I've been in so many nations and in so many other religions and people want Jesus. Like, (laughs) I mean that. Like there's other, there are other religions out there and they're not that great. I mean, I'm not trying to, like, go bash it. I'm just serious. I mean, like, I think sometimes we forget that as believers. Like, that you actually have good news to share. That there's not, like, mm. Yeah, like, Hindus worship, like, 330 million gods. And they're always trying to appease them. And at the end of their life... Well, they believe in like the circle, you know, the whole thing. They don't know what's going to happen. But all they know is they're going to appease all these 330 million gods and hopefully their good works outweigh their bad works and by the sake of like karma and stuff, they'll be fine. That's not good news. Like Buddhists don't even believe in a god. They just believe that, again, same kind of thing, good works, bad works, reincarnation. Like you're going to just reach like nirvana. You're going to be in this good, like... It's so mystical and vague. There's literally like no actual path to enlightenment. That's not good news. Does that make sense? Like even like Muslims are like, they like have some stuff, but like they, they believe that when you get to the end, basically it's the same thing. Good works outweigh your bad works. You can pray to Allah five times a day, but you can't hear from him. I remember we were in Jordan and I asked, we were with the team, and we asked a girl, we were like, so you pray five times a day, and have you ever heard Allah speak back to you? She's like, no. I mean, I'm not like a marriage counselor, but I know every relationship needs good communication. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if that's what you take away, write that down. All I'm saying is this, that's not good news. Like, There is no other faith that actually offers good news. Do you like what we believe the gospel of Jesus Christ literally is good news? It's actually good. It actually is that God Himself came and bridged the gap and did everything He possibly could and literally died to set us free and so that we would know Him. 
And it actually, like, oh, my gosh, it just gets better the longer you think about it. And so, like, I want to encourage you that you have good news today. And so even as we go out to our neighborhood and as you invite them to the party next week, see people. Jesus saw them and had compassion on them. See them through Jesus' eyes. Just see them. It's, so, it's that simple. Like, I know I mentioned this a few weeks ago, but I think sometimes we, like, glorify missions. And we think that, like, you get to some unreached tribe in the Amazon and then you, like, kick into missionary mode. All you basically do is you, like, go and you sit in a little hut. You know, you sit crisscross on the floor. And you're sitting there and it's, like, 105 degrees and 80% humidity and you haven't eaten anything that, like, agrees with your body in three days. And then you just see people, and you're like, how are you doing? Tell me about your life. Tell me about your family. What are your kids' names? And as they're sharing, what I normally do, here's a little, here's a hack, here's a tip, is it's just like, Lord, what are you saying about this person? And normally what happens, there's never a formula, but normally what happens is you share what the Lord says about them. It touches their heart deeply, and then they're like, how did you know that? Or they're like, that's exactly what I needed to hear. And it opens up a door for them to understand and meet Jesus in you and through you. Does that make sense? And so I want to encourage us even today, as you're inviting people to the party next week, you can say, hey, we're going to be at Greenbrier Elementary. It's going to be amazing. We're going to have food. We're going to have games. It's going to be fun. And I think we're going to be in groups. You're not going to be alone. And as somebody else is talking, literally ask the Lord, Lord, how do you see this person? What What are you saying about them? And then just share that. And maybe, maybe they're just like, okay, thank you. Maybe it touches them deeply. But the point is, it's really like, it's so simple. And we, we make it so complicated. And like, I know everybody in here probably has different, different like experiences with like evangelism or going out. And, and there's, there's beauty in every, everything, like every different stream and stuff has great stuff. Like some of you grew up like, you go stand on street corners with tracks and you like preach the gospel, praise God. Like, but you actually, you don't need a track to preach the gospel. You don't need one. If you want, like, if that helps, if that's like a good structure, if there's like, let's go through the four, you know, spiritual, like the four key things in the faith, like whatever, the seven, this, the eight, like, praise God. But all I'm saying is all you need is to walk up, smile at someone and say, here's what Jesus says about you. It's that simple. Um, and, and you don't have to be an expert at it. And this is, I want to continue Matthew 10. Because I want to point out, Jesus had just called Matthew in this same chapter, Matthew 9, that we just finished reading. No one, like, later on, I think it's, gosh, what is it, Matthew 17, when Peter declares Jesus as the Christ. They had not declared Jesus as Christ yet. They hadn't been with him for a whole lot of time. This is like pretty much the beginning. He like calls them together. He's like, all right, guys, let's go. They see him heal every disease and affliction. And then chapter 10, verse 1 says, And he called to him his 12 disciples and gave them authority. I wouldn't do that at that point. I mean, I don't, when I read the Bible, I'm like, what? He gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every disease and every affliction. 
The names of the 12 apostles are these. First, Simon, who's called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, James, the son of Zebedee. And it goes through the apostles. I want to point this out. He gives them authority over every unclean spirit to cast them out and to heal every disease and every affliction. And in the verses just right before that, it talks about Jesus healing every disease and every affliction. So he's giving them authority to do what he literally just did. Does that make sense? He's not giving them like a less than like, all right, guys, you know, we're kind of just starting. So you have, you have authority over headaches and, you know, stubbed toes. Like, I'm serious. He literally says, he says, here's authority over every disease and every affliction. And then this is just not even okay. As it goes through, no, really, as it goes through the disciples, I read this one day and actually broke down weeping at the end. So I'm picturing him saying, he's saying, Thomas, here is authority over every disease and every affliction. Matthew, here's, here's authority over every disease and every affliction. James, here, and he goes through. Judas, here's authority over every disease and every affliction. I mean, it says right there who betrayed him. It's not like Jesus didn't know. I'm like, Jesus, why'd you do that? He gave Judas authority over every disease and every affliction. And so I'm not saying any of you in here today are Judas, but what I'm saying is if, if you're disqualifying yourself because X, Y, Z, even Judas had authority over every affliction and every disease. Because, because the harvest is plentiful. And the Lord can work in your heart. Like, I'm not saying like, oh, who cares where your heart is? Just go out and make, like, no, no, no. I'm saying the Lord will work in your heart and refine you and it will be a beautiful thing. But I'm saying where you are here does not, like, it's the call of God. The great commission is not dependent on, like, your own little things inside your heart. It's actually just what we're called to. So he gives Judas authority over every disease and every affliction. And then verse 5. These 12 Jesus sent out, which is so funny because like four verses earlier, he says, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out labors. Then he sends them out. So he tricked them. <laughs> I mean, like I, I'm sure Jesus told them to pray for it. So they're probably sitting there praying. And now he's like, all right, now I'm sending you out. But actually, I love this because I was actually just reading this last night. And the Lord just gave me this little, like, I just saw this, like, progression. You pray for somebody or something, and you begin to get the Lord's eyes and heart for it, and then he sends you into that thing. Does that make sense? Like, it's a, he didn't trick them. He actually prepared them. So they're praying for the lost, their heart begins to get stirred for the lost. And now the Lord says, all right, now I'm sending you out. It's actually a beautiful thing. So he sends them out and he instructs them, go nowhere among the Gentiles, ouch, and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Just a little bit of context for this. Just as Nikki said last week, which it was an amazing sermon, by the way. She talked about what is your field and about surrendering to the Lord at this time, they were going to Israel because the gospel is to the Jew first and then to the Gentile. 
And so they were, they were literally, Jesus commanded them, do not go to the Gentiles and do not go to the Samaritans. That's wild. And verse 7, and proclaim as you go, saying, and this is, this is it, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I love this verse. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. This is, the, this is I believe, like the essence of the gospel message. It's at hand. It's within reach. It's here. It's now. Does that make sense? So like for thousands of years, the kingdom of God to the Jewish people was not necessarily at hand. It was still far off. It was still to come. It was still a, it was an out there thing. And Jesus is saying now the kingdom of heaven, it's here. It's reachable. It's touchable. It's grabbable. And again, like I kind of said earlier, and lots of other faiths, their faith is not at hand. It's, it's far off. It's some ethereal, distant thing. But Jesus became a man. And he, he is Emmanuel, God with us. He's with us. And that's another little tip. That's something you can even say as you go out, is be like, Jesus sees you and he's with you. That breaks down so many walls of people who feel like God is far off and they're living their life to like try to please this God that they don't even know. It's like, no, he's actually here. He's within reach. He's at hand. And then he tells them what that looks like. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. You've received without paying. What did they receive without paying? Yeah, the kingdom, Jesus, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's the good Bible school answer, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, they received everything without paying. They didn't earn any, I mean, Matthew over here just got invited into the party and now he's being sent out with all authority. So they received everything and everything they received, they're now giving. And so... Yeah, I just felt this morning to encourage us that you have good news. And even if you just invite someone to the party next week and you just smile and they're like, okay. And they, there's no like big, amazing thing. That's okay. But I want to encourage us to like go deeper and ask the Lord what he's saying. And actually what I want to do as we wrap up is, I'm not tricking you because I already told you this is going to happen. Or I told you this is how it happens. But I want us to pray for the Lord to send out labors into the harvest. And I actually want us to pray for the neighborhood and see what's on the Lord's heart for our neighborhood. So I want us to like maybe stand up. Maybe you can get in groups. Maybe, I don't know, individuals. Actually, let's just start off individually. And here's what I want us to do is just take a couple minutes and pray for the Lord to send out labors into the harvest. And I want you to start praying for this neighborhood back here. This neighborhood that we're going into, even our region, even Fort Worth is a city. Just begin to pray and ask the Lord what he wants to do. Begin to pray for hearts. Begin to pray for their homes. Begin to pray for families. So yeah, let's just, let's just start all at once. Yeah, Lord, I ask Jesus that you would send out labors into your harvest. 
Lord, that you would awaken the hearts of your sons and daughters to see. Lord, I ask that you'd give us eyes to see. Lord, that we would see people the way that you see them. Lord, the areas where we've been blind, areas where we've closed our eyes and our hearts off to the lost and to those that need you, Lord, I ask that you would open up our eyes to see. Lord, that you would open up our hearts to have compassion. Lord, the areas where we've hardened our hearts, Jesus, would you give us compassion? I ask that you would raise up the body to be unified and the, the message of the gospel. Lord, that the gospel would not just be something that we know, but it would be something that we preach and something that we live. Lord, I ask that you would raise up labors into the harvest. Lord, that you would teach people how to labor with you. You would teach people. Jesus, guys, come on, let's just pray. Begin to pray. You, you're going to become the answers to these prayers. So Jesus, I ask that you would teach people how to commission, how to mission with you, Lord, how to labor with you. Jesus, teach us that. Teach us how to commission. Teach us how to co-mission with you. And Jesus, I pray for this neighborhood. Let's just begin to pray for our city, for our neighborhoods, even our own neighborhoods that we live in. Begin to pray for your own street and begin to pray for these streets and ask the Lord what he's doing. So Jesus, I thank you for Edgecliff Village. I thank you for this area in Fort Worth. And Lord, I ask that you would restore families here. Lord, that you would raise up, that you would reconcile broken families, broken marriages. Lord, would you begin to raise up people Lord, would you begin to raise up people, even that from this community, Lord, that they would be ones that get sent to the nations. And Lord, I thank you that you're over every other thing. Lord, that you have authority over this community. Lord, you have authority. You are in the first place. You are, in, you are supreme. You're preeminent, Lord, that you are over all things. And Lord, I ask that you would send us there with compassion in our hearts. Lord, I ask now that you would stir up our hearts for compassion. Lord, that we would see people and that we would have compassion just as you did. Lord, that we would not be going through the motions, that we wouldn't be doing things out of what we should or shouldn't do, but Lord, that we would operate from compassion and love and mercy. Lord, I ask that you would stir that up inside of our hearts even now. Lord, we thank you for it. And Lord, I ask for divine appointments today. Lord, that even as we go out and just invite people to this party next week, as we go out and we connect with them, as we ask them what their neighborhood needs, Lord, I ask that you would give us divine appointments. Divine appointments, Lord. Lord, that people would say, I have been praying for somebody to come. Lord, we ask for divine appointments. Do what only you can do. Lord, I pray that today the sick would be healed, that the deaf would hear, that the blind would see. Lord, that demons would be cast out, that lepers in every skin condition would be healed. Lord, we believe you for it, not because of us, but because you have authority and you've given us all authority. So Jesus, we go <laughs> with joy in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, yeah, it's good. Y'all ready? <laughs> so let's just do this. Again, if you already brought a lunch, we can go to the fellowship hall and eat. If you need to go get a lunch, go get it. And then around, again, like 1245, 1 o'clock-ish, we're going to start going out in groups. Um, kids' church is now closed, so you can go get your kids 
and let's go see Jesus change this neighborhood.